Welcome to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. I am Tim Ogles, and today we'll be breaking down the Atlanta Hawks loss to the Denver Nuggets, 129 to 122. And always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mikey Kerensky. Mikey, this was a rough one. The Hawks have lost six of the last seven. Starting into this one, what was your overall feel of this game? And coming into this game, uh, Hawks fans kind of expected a rough game. Down DeAndre Hunter, who was a late add to the injury report, uh, questionable coming into the game, and still down Jalen Johnson with his wrist injury. Uh, down two starters against the defending champions. Uh, they was it, it was not a good look at first. But the Hawks, the Hawks gave it their all. They were down 20 at one point in this game in the second half and came all the way back to almost make it a one-possession game within the final minute. Bogdan Bogdanovich put on an absolute scoring and shooting clinic for all the State Farm Arena fans that stayed un- until that final buzzer. A lot of, a lot of fans left at that two-minute-and-a-half, three-minute mark. Uh, I was at the game, saw them filing out of uh, filing out of the crowd uh, and going going back home. But it, the fans that stayed, they, they, they got treated to a really, really exciting end, ending to the game. And as Quinn Snyder, like you said in the post game, he was proud of the way his team competed, considering uh, the people that were out for Atlanta. Yeah, um, with DeAndre being being out of this game, I thought the Hawks were going to struggle defensively, and that first quarter kind of maybe backpedal a little bit on that. Um, I, oh, you know, as the overall feel of the game, I felt like the Hawks were going to be in a battle that you know. I want to say that it would be hard for them to overcome um, just because you're out your two best perimeter defenders and you have a large team in the Denver Nuggets that, that are hard to stop. Yeah, DeAndre Hunter and Jalen Johnson, the Hawks, the Hawks' most versatile defenders on that wing, on those uh, on the wing, it's really hard to really hard to replace that, especially when you're going against the uh, tall, tall wings that tall and, and strong wings that the Nuggets have. Aaron Gordon, one of those. Michael Porter Jr. Now, well, obviously, he may not be the strongest in terms of at his position. He's a 6'10 small forward that's going to shoot the lights out of the ball almost every night. So it going up, going into this game definitely was a matchup problem on paper for the Hawks. Yeah, and uh, something I wanted to throw in here is uh, today was Nyeka Kongu's birthday. Happy birthday, OO. I thought, you know, the birthday boy tonight actually played really, really well. Uh, I think he's starting to get back at his, his offensive game that we we've seen him struggle with you know a few nights with the Hawks and and he he's he's starting to pick it up and the more he does that I think the better chance the Hawks have at, at winning these types of games yeah uh and going going into tonight Hawks fans were wondering now who replaces DeAndre Hunter in that starting lineup uh when and whenever one of the guards are out DeJounte Murray or Trey Hawks fans uh, are seemingly uh, are used to Bogdan Bogdanovich sliding into that two guard and moving either DeJounte Murray to, to the one or Trey Young stays at that point guard position. But Quinn Snyder went with Garrison Matthews starting at that small court position. And what was your reaction uh, when you saw that, Tim? Um, to be honest with you, I was pretty upset. Um, I thought that uh, for me, I would have rather put uh, Wesley Matthews in that position just because I feel like he's a better on-ball defender that could really you know, help DeJounte being by his side. But, you know, Quinn went with uh, – Garrison and I want to say that uh, Garrison probably had one of his worst nights as a Hulk tonight. Yeah, it, 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 the starting move may not have panned out the way that Quinn Snyder wanted, but I, I agree with you there. I would have expected and wanted to see Garrison Matthews, uh, sorry, Wesley Matthews starting at that three, providing that point of attack physical defense uh, that, that he's been known for throughout his career. 
Yeah, and and we'll we'll go ahead and get the game started. Uh, going into the first, one thing that was definitely um, you know going on was Bogey was on fire. Bogey was on fire really for the first through the fourth. Um, he just wasn't missing. Um, me and you also talked about this Hawks team and how they struggle in the first quarter. And normally it's teams outscoring them by a lot, or or the Hawks and the other teams putting up a lot of, of points, but kind of staying with each other. Uh, I thought the Hawks tonight played great defense in the first quarter, and they shot the ball really well. They shot 60% from three, and um, I, don't, I don't know if you could ask for much more than that. Yeah, speaking of speaking of the rough starts, a lot of those have come at home for Atlanta. And, you know, weirdly, weirdly te- teams normally better teams normally are better at home getting getting off the stronger starts, you know, with, with the fans behind them and everything. Uh, but for the Hawks, for some reason this season, they've not been able to get off, off strong starts at home. Uh, tonight was tonight was a step in the right direction, though, in that category. Um, the Hawks ended up shooting you know, 60% from three, hitting six out of their first 10, while Denver was just two of eight from three. Uh, the Hawks ended up scoring 36 in that first quarter compared to Denver's 28. And a huge, a huge reason was the physical defense and the deflections and steals that the Hawks were generating. If, while the Hawks may not be known for point of attack defense, they are first in the league in steals and in deflections per game. So they use that to their advantage, putting up 36 points and capitalizing in transition uh, to keep Denver's offense from finding a rhythm in that first quarter. Yeah. And in the in the first quarter, I noticed that whenever we brought Clint off the floor, um, it kind of enabled Jokic to get into his bag a little bit. And uh, he he bullied Oo a few times up under the rim. And I, I seen the Hawks make an adjustment where they were providing more weak side help for him. And it really kind of slowed Jokic down, you know, trying to get up under the rim as much. Uh, he would still get out of the nail and do his distribution as normal, but uh, he was having a little bit harder time, you know, in the second quarter trying to get to the rim. Yeah, and one of the things coming into this game that was interesting was DeAndre Hunter in immediate availability after practice said the Hawks have kind of switched some things up on defense, uh, and they've been they've been rough defensively over the past few weeks especially and he's and he said uh they kind of twist they kind of tweak some things uh find out something that um they they would they may have been doing wrong now obviously he didn't go into the specifics of that because he didn't want other teams figuring out their their game plan but i think in that first quarter the the defense whatever specific things that quinn and the team talked about before this game it, it was on full display holding holding nuggets to to just one to just 28 points um, and capitalizing in transition off some physical defense. Yeah, and kind of to close out on the on the first, uh, Bogey and Trey, uh, three straight threes in a row at that one minute market to end to end off the first quarter. Um, when when Bogey is on fire and then Trey gets going with him, that is a lethal combination. Yeah, and the ending to quarters ending ending quarters well is something that Quinn Snyder has talked a lot about this season. The, the Hawks were able to do that in the first quarter here, but unfortunately. Up until the fourth quarter, throughout that second, the second and third quarter, the Hawks did not end those well, and it and contributed to to them going down by ultimately twenty points at one point in the second half. Yeah, and then kind of moving on to the second, um, the second is where Denver made a run on the Hawks, and I think that the Hawks had there were there were one possession there was one possession that it was fifty forty two with a six minute mark. There was a DJ air ball. 
um, a Stalza three, a Matthews missed three, and a, then a Gordon dunk right after that. And Quinn had to take a timeout. That run where the DJ air ball happened on a wide open corner three, you you have to shoot that. They have to he has to shoot that ball better. Like there there's no getting around that. He has to because that that caused a six six point run. Like and. Those kind of things come back to bite you. Yeah, so it's just a kind of kind of a, a momentum shift there when you when you have that opportunity, kind of like Michael Porter in that in that first quarter. You know, when he got three wide open opportunities and didn't cash them in, the Hawks took advantage of it. Similar here, uh, when Dejounte had that open three in in the right corner and and he missed it badly, the Nuggets responded just in the same way as the Hawks did. So so credit to to the Nuggets for capitalizing on other teams' missed opportunity there, just like the Hawks did in that first. Yeah. Um, the, the second quarter for me, for the Hawks, it was just, it, it felt like, um, Philly kind of a little bit that, that going back and forth, back and forth. And then Denver would make a run and the Hawks would score two points and Denver would continue the run. And, and those kind of games, that's where DJ and Trey have to step up the most, um, because they have to stop the bleeding. And whenever you have Trey... He's always good at, you know, drawing fouls and getting to the foul line. Something that DeJounte Murray struggles is getting foul calls. And that's the way that he plays, uh, shooting that mid-range. He doesn't really get to the rim very often. But that's how you stop runs is get to the line. I thought DeJounte did did a much better job of that in the second half, getting uh, being more aggressive, getting to the rim, putting pressure on the bigs inside, trying to draw those fouls. Um, but that, that first half was definitely a, a bit rough in that area. In contrast to the Nuggets, Julian Strother in that second quarter, Tim, uh, this man just caught absolute fire, went bananas from three. He had, nine, he had 19 points at the half to lead all scorers in this game. Yeah, he, he just was unconscious. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the kid averages like four points a night, and he was in fuego from three. I mean, he could not miss. I think, yeah, he was five from seven, like – and the two that he shot at the end of the, the second half were just heat checks. Like he, he was, <laughs> but the flame was still lit because he was on fire. Yeah, I know. I know. I didn't. I know. I didn't watch the broadcast. Obviously, being at the game, but I'm sure. I'm sure Neek was on the broadcast giving him a heat check for that one. Oh, guaranteed. Guaranteed. It was heat check. <laughs> Of course, of course, but uh, he he single handedly pretty much kept the Nuggets within within uh, striking distance in that second quarter. Because, like you mentioned, the Hawks got off to that great start, kind of going back and forth in that second quarter. And while Jamal Murray ended up having a great game uh, throughout the night, and and Jokic had a good game as well, I felt like Jokic, their best player, didn't really put his stamp or have a superstar like performance. But Strother in that first half really kept them in it uh, when when Trey Young and Bogdan Bogdanovich for the Hawks. We're, we're doing their thing. Yeah, I've, I felt like um, the Hawks could have – this game could have been a blowout if it wasn't for him. I felt like he definitely kept Denver in this game because you take those 19 points away, um, you're talking about a way different ball game. You're talking about 14, 15-point lead for the Hawks going into halftime. That is a way different ball game. Yeah, and in contrast, the Nuggets ended up having a four-point lead, six or three-point lead, sorry, 65-62 at halftime, thanks to those Julian Strother 19 points. That was complete opposite of how the Hawks finished that first quarter with, with some momentum, with threes by Trey and Bogey, like you mentioned, uh, but not able to do that in the second frame. For, for the third quarter, it was pretty much similar to the story 
the Nuggets came came into halftime with that run, uh, getting getting that three point lead, and continued it to that third quarter. The Nuggets opened up the third quarter with a twenty six to nine run. Live ball turnovers for the Hawks were really the culprit. Absolutely embarrassing for this defense. Like they were giving up shot after shot. They were uh, not communicating on defense. Dejounte and Sadiq. They were letting back cuts. Like uh, not communicating on screens. It was embarrassing. Yeah, the, the Nuggets in that second quarter going back a little bit they shot 15 of 22 from the field and four or seven from three as a team and that that seemed to continue in, in, into the third quarter and sh- shortly shortly as the quarter began uh quinn snyder had to call that timeout um, but unfortunately a lot of a lot of that was due to offensive uh, offensive rebounds from the nuggets and um late late closeouts uh, for the hawks getting to those three-point shooters yeah and we can we can go in a little bit of what happened in the third um, kind of later on, uh, uh, Trey Young gets um, fouled on a drive to to the basket. It's a clear foul. I mean, I don't know what the ref was seeing. Um, Trey gets hit in the face. Um, no call. They come back up the floor. Um, I think Braun gets a foul. Um, Trey is chirping at the referee and gets a tech and that's fine. Um, but I felt like what happened after that was kind of egregious by the, by the by the referee and you, you go ahead for, for the rest of it yeah and the tray tray ended up being excessive is what ben ben taylor used in his in his uh in his post game press conference in his words to the media and they gave trey that second tech and he was ejected and they, they also gave quinn snyder a technical in that sequence but a little bit back to that that foul that you you would describe. Ben Taylor described that as the defender initiating the contact on Trey Young. Now, if you go back to that play and look, Peyton Watson has his hand across Chase Trey's chest. Trey moves his arm up to, to kind of poke him a little bit. Now, now that is on Trey a little bit, but as Trey Young goes to shoot the shot. Watson then hits him in the face on the way by, moving his hand out of the way. So Trey, technically, you could say was was fouled twice on that play, and and judging from the way Quinn Snyder and, and Trey reacted on that play, the next time down the floor, it was it was not pretty. Yeah, and, and keep in mind this same referee that's been in Ben Taylor's crew also is the referee that ejected DeAndre Hunter in the Philadelphia game on what is to be another questionable call where DeAndre Hunter uh, falls to the ground and Joel Embiid steps on his ankle and falls and it's magically a foul on DeAndre Hunter. Um, the, the Trey ejection... Yeah, it's not a good look. Yeah, not a good look. It's not at all. And the Trey ejection is, is frustrating, but, you know, to kind of close out the third quarter, Bogey goes on 11-0 run by himself for the Hawks. And... You know, the second and third quarter were horrible for the Hawks. Um, there was a 63 to 35 run for the Nuggets through the second and third quarter. That is that is a staggering number. <laughs> that is crazy. That is a wild number because that is the Hawks' number four ranked offense, only scoring 35 points in two quarters. That is rough. Yeah, going into a little bit more of how Bogey completely carried this team really at the end of that third quarter. He was four or five from, from the field for those 11 points the rest of the team was five for 20 for 13 points so <laughs> that was that, that was just bo- bogey a lot of fans a lot of fans will say you know bo- bogey is this guy he's he's a great shooter off the bench you know he's going to give you at least 15 a night um but in, in my mind 
I think Bogey is larger than our, uh, one of the one of the most consistent scorers on this team since, since the onset of the season. And he's been getting close to that 20 points per game uh, mark night. And I think think this performance kind of uh, warrants a little bit of six-man-of-the-year talk for Bogdanovich, who really has been flying under the radar as one of the Hawks' best players so far this year. Yeah, I mean, career hot tonight, 40, 40 ball. I mean, there, there's nothing more that the Hawks could have asked for from Bogey. Um, I felt like he was the fuel to the to the fire tonight for the Hawks. Um, whenever he got going, it felt like the team got going. Um, and, and we'll we'll move on to the the fourth. At the end of the third, it was one hundred three eighty six. Um, there was a seventeen to five run by the Hawks late in the fourth quarter. Earlier earlier in the fourth quarter, I felt like it was kind of back and forth, back and forth where. You trade a basket, they trade a basket. The Hawks would hit a three, they would hit a two, and the Hawks were kind of creeping their way back into this game. And um, I felt like, you know, there there could be a chance in this one. Yeah, the, the Nuggets really weren't putting the Hawks away. Atlanta was kind of dancing around that 15, 15 to 18-point lead mark, occasionally maybe 13, but then, like you said, the Nuggets will go down and hit a three or, or, or get a basket there. So – the Nuggets, the defending champions on the road in a hostile environment, you'd think they would be able to put away this Hawks team. But but credit to the Hawks. They they stood they stood pat. They fought. And by the end of the fourth quarter, this that 17-5 run fueled the arena. The arena just came back to life. The whole crowd when when Bogdan when Bogdanovich made those three threes, that was it was insane. That was when the lead got down to twelve and the Hawks fans were saying, Okay, so you're telling me there's a chance. You're telling me there's a chance. Yeah, and right after that bogey three, um DeJounte or Clint Capella comes up with a steal and that, that that's the bogey final three of that. And then when you get back to the other side, solid defense again. And I I think Quinn Snyder might have made a bad decision on a out of bounds call. Um uh, I want to say is that like the 32 second mark. Um, the guys are up under the rim fighting for the ball. The referees, of course, this crew doesn't know who hit the ball out. And they uh, they call it a jump ball. And I- I'm watching on the TV and I know you're there. So I'm watching on the TV. They're panning over to the staff and they're telling Quinn, no, like don't, don't challenge this. Quinn, Quinn decides to challenge this anyway. And the Hawks end up losing the ball instead of having to jump ball. And Quinn Snyder, you know, later on in his presser said, yeah, it was a risky call, but I felt like it was one this late in the game that it was worth trying to, to take. Yeah, um, I can see what, what Snyder is saying here because the Hawks most likely aren't going to win that jump ball uh, against Jokic anyways. And it's harder to – it's much easier to guard an out-of-bounds play than it is uh, when when the Nuggets will have the ball already inbounds off a jump ball that they'll most likely win. I, I see w- what Quinn was trying to do there. But yeah, unfortunately, the the call was overturned from a jump ball to the Nuggets ball, and it just looked like a bad decision. But when when I saw that play, uh, I turned to my brother who, who was at me, who was with the game at me, was with me at the game. Sorry, and it was, and I said they're not going to be able to to tell who that goes off of immediately. Just it, it's going to be a jump ball, and and it, in fact it was. But that challenge, that challenge, I know I know people are going to look back on it like, oh, that was terrible. That was just stupid decision making, but. I see what he was trying to do, and it was risky. And it, but in the end, unfortunately, didn't go the Hawks' way. Yeah, and Mikey, me and you have been talking about this. Um, so the fourth quarter, Murray, Bogey, Bay, Kongu played the entire fourth quarter. 
Um, they brought in Capella and they ran the two big man unit. And this two man big unit was what fueled this comeback for the Atlanta Hawks. I thought that, you know, we t- we talked about Okongwu um, hitting his threes, but it wasn't even that. It was Bogdanovich, and also it was Okongwu. Had, I think he had a lob to Clint up under the rim. Like, if those two guys can find a way to move the ball, find the shooter, I, I think that, you know, it's nothing but-, but good things can happen because of the defense. Yeah. One thing that I was – one thing that I was encouraged by was Onyeka Okongwu got the ball uh, in-, in the mid-range area, and all off the catch immediately drove baseline he didn't hesitate at all and while yes spacing is generally thought of as you got to be able to shoot the three and make sure that the, the other team can't pack the paint if you're able to drive and attack a closeout out of the mid-range that affects a defense a lot and seeing that from a Kangu, even just on a couple plays that i saw with capella out there with him that's a that's an encouraging sign and saying that slowly but surely capella and Onyeka are getting more comfortable on the floor together like you said with with that lob play as well yeah and to kind of close this one out it felt like you know it was the foul game um after that uh after uh denver gets the ball to inbound i felt like it was you know foul here foul there you know try to come down and get a three try to come down and get a two yeah but, but sadiq bay actually had a drive and this ball this ball rolled around the rim almost an end one if that would have went in and he made the free throw it would have cut that lead down to three for the nuggets and the hawks had 30 seconds left they would not have needed to foul uh, but unfortunately sadiq ended up only going one of two from the line and with that with the four point lead, that's when the that's when the Quinn Snyder challenge happened, lost challenge, and then the Nuggets got the ball. And from there, like you said, that foul game uh, did not result in, in a winning effort for the Hawks. Yeah. So you ready to go into the player segment right here? All right. Yeah. So I'll, I'll start us out. AJ Griffin. Um, AJ Griffin had nine minutes tonight. Um, he went 0 from 1 from the field. I think that uh, AJ was a little rough. He had two rebounds, one assist. Um, AJ defensively has to be better than than what he has shown. Um, I, as I'm watching him defensively, I feel like more and more of why he's not getting the minutes that he he probably should be getting. Yeah, that I agree with you. Onyeka Kangu much better in this game than than his uh, than his recent play. Three or five from the field uh, for seven points. He had a block, three assists, and six rebounds. Uh, Kangu played with played a lot with Capella, like we said in that fourth quarter. Offensively, the shots started to go in, and defensively, the he was in position a lot a lot better. And you know, playing with Clint Capella will do that for him. But I think the Hawks made a great decision going with the big man lineup, as you know, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., Jokic. That's a really big front line for for the Nuggets, and Atlanta really needed to needed to counteract that uh, with some with some uh, center and power forward that that can really bang inside. And I think uh, Kongu did a good job of that tonight. Yeah, I thought oh, it was really good. Um, Wesley Matthews, um, he went he played eighteen minutes, one for five from the field, zero for four from three. Man, I keep praying I get to see that three point celebration. Haven't seen it in a while. No, um, it's been a few games now. <laughs> Yeah, so he had five rebounds, uh, one assist, two steals. Um, on the defensive end, you know what you're getting with Wesley Matthews. Great ball pressure. Um, I, I think that he, he played solid minutes. I, I don't think he was great, but I, I think he was just okay. Yeah, so we, uh, it, we'll, we'll skip Bogey for the end here. As we move to the starters, Trey ended, uh, ejected late in that third quarter, ended up 5 for 11 from the field. Uh, for nine, 19 points, nine assists, did add a steal, and he and he went seven to seven, perfect from the line. 
train this game. Not not an ama- not amazing for for his standards. Not not poor from his standards either. It was just a a, a solid game from Trey up until the point, obviously, uh, where he where he was sent out of the arena by the refs. But overall, Trey Trey Young in this game was hunted on defense. Jamal Murray posted him up a lot, especially in that first quarter. And I think the Hawks never really found a way to to counteract that effectively, and it opened up a lot of other options for the, for Denver. Yeah, uh, I. I would really like to see Trey finish this game, um, but unfortunately, um, at ego ego uh, referee decided to change that for us. But you know, he had um, he had seven free throws, which is you know that's through three quarters. I mean, he hits. I mean, for Trey, he can get to the line. The, the Hawks got in the bonus with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. Trey Young can make things happen. Um, but moving on to Garrison Matthews, sixteen minutes, one for five from the field. Uh, his one was a three. I felt like Garrison was probably the worst Hawk tonight. Um, defensively, he took a lot of risk on the defensive end, trying to get steals and leading to empty, you know, you know, pretty much easy possessions for Denver to to get a mid range shot or kick it out for a three. It, it was. It was a rough night for Garrison. Yeah, a lot of those, a lot of those uh, gambles defensively did not pay off tonight for, for Garrison. As we move on here for to Sadiq Bay, he shot six of eleven from the field and one of four from three for sixteen points. Added a block and a steal, two assists and four rebounds. I thought Sadiq was pretty good. Uh, his recent play and stepping up on the off- offensive end is very encouraging, especially without Jalen Johnson. And defensively, I think he's slowly started to get better. It was st- it was still rough uh, from him tonight as far as uh, stopping those baseline drives and closing out effectively. But uh, over- overall, not 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 a terrible night for Sadiq. Still like him to to shoot a bit more threes there. But uh, overall, I thought I thought it was all right from from Sadiq. Yeah, I, I thought Sadiq had an okay night. Um... I felt like you need to get more threes up, but I thought Sadiq did a really good job of trying to get to the basket and, you know, kind of opposing his own will. He's got a pretty nice mid-range shot. Whatever he does, take it. I actually like it. Um, Moving on to Clint Capella, 27 minutes, uh, 6 from 11 from the field, 2 from 2 from the stripe, um, 8 rebounds. Two assists, one steal. Um, I felt like Capella had a, a pretty decent night. Uh, definitely going against Jokic, uh, I felt like, you know, he did his job. Yeah. Uh, normally, Jokic has been a guy who's killed the Hawks in the past, especially on the scoring front. And yeah, Jokic had 25 points. Uh, that's oh, that's a good night. As, uh, but I thought Clint battled defensively. You know, he had 14 points of his own on the uh, on the offensive end uh, against Jokic. So I thought both centers uh, tonight played like we thought played like we thought we would get uh, from both of them, especially defensively. But unfortunately, uh, the perimeter defense from the Hawks uh, gave them gave them a lot gave them a lot of problems, leading to Denver putting up 129 points. Yeah, and, and I'm gonna go with Dejounte right here. Uh, 38 minutes. Um, uh, eight from 23 from the field, three from eight from deep, uh, two free throws, six rebounds, three assists, one steal, two turnovers, uh, 21 points. To me, I, I know he has 21 points, but I actually thought DeJounte was pretty bad tonight. Um, I felt like whenever Trey was off the floor, that DeJounte could not get the offense moving. I felt like, and you know, that, um, Mid-range in the third quarter where Trey comes off, um, I just feel like DeJounte just struggles to get the offense moving. And 
That even happened in the second quarter. Yeah, unfortunately for the Hawks, DeSante hasn't been able to find that offensive rhythm in the, in the non-Trey minutes. And when Trey was ejected, the offense did kind of uh, fall fall down a little bit uh, when 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 Trey when Trey left. Uh, for for DeSante, I think a big thing of, for him offensively is just putting a lot more pressure on the rim. I think he was able to do that in the fourth quarter. And but one thing I always appreciate from DeJounte whenever he's operating at that point guard position, he's going to feed the hot hand. And the Hawks made a consistent effort to find Bogdan Bogdanovich, the, the hottest shooter on the floor for the whole night for them. So uh, they were able to do that, but unfortunately couldn't quite get over the hump. Yeah, and for DeJounte, something I would like, it would be a, a, a absolute, you know, one of those things I would love to see from DeJounte is more of getting to the rim instead of settling for that mid-range shot. I felt like he took some mid-range shots tonight that were just unwarranted. Like, it felt like they were just bad shots. And if he could find a way to turn those into possessions where he gets to the rim and maybe kicks or even goes up, I, I feel like, you know, that kind of thing can get an offense back going that's stalling out. Um, As we move on here for the player of the night for the Hawks, Bogdan Bogdanovich, career high 40 points, tied the franchise record with 10 threes, 14 of 24 from the field, 10 of 17 from deep four. He also added two steals, three assists, and three rebounds to go along with those 40 and just uh, was on fire for the whole night. The Hawks went to him almost exclusively on the stretch in that fourth quarter. And he pretty much single-handedly, with some tough shot-making, brought them back to within striking distance. Uh, just just couldn't quite get over that hump there in that fourth quarter. Uh, if that Sadiq Bay and one layup went in, I mean, that was a tough shot. I don't know how a Sadiq almost made that shot. It would have been incredible. If that shot would have gone in, State Farm Arena and, and Hawks fans, I know it would have gone even crazier because it would have been a one-possession game. But Bogey, masterful performance tonight. Yeah, um, I mean... Bogey just put on a show tonight, and it, it stinks to waste it, though. A, a career-high night. Um, I think that, you know, 35 minutes for Bogey is, is a good bit. Um, yeah. but, but I think that, you know, this is something, you know, even going to the FIBA, like, Bogey played a lot of minutes there, and, and Bogey has been adamant that his his knees are, are fine. And I, I think that the more and the more the Hawks play him this much, the more and more the Hawks will be successful. Yeah, um, he mentioned after after the game, it was bittersweet. Yes, I could be happy for my individual performance, but not, but overall, not really. And of course, he's talking about the the loss the Hawks suffered, and that's that's what you that's what you want. You you want to you want to build your confidence when you play well, but you want to have that team mentality as well. And I think that's uh, what Bogey echoed echoed right there in his post game presser. All right, so moving on from this one, the Atlanta Hawks play the Toronto. Raptors Wednesday. Um, Toronto's an, an interesting team. Um, it feels like they have a lot of pieces that don't really mix very well together right now. Um, I know they've been having uh, problems with Pascal Siakam. They've been having problems with OG Ananobi. Um, for me, um, this is another opponent for the Atlanta Hawks that is a big team. They have long, lanky guys that put pressure on the ball and create havoc on defense. And for me, it's going to be one of those games where Trey Young's going to have to be Trey Young, and you're going to have to have guys like Bogey, DeJounte, and DeAndre, if he's back, um, step up. Like They're going to have to really step it up in this game. Definitely yeah. uh, 
offensively. Yeah, Toronto, 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 like you mentioned, Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes, uh, Scotty Barnes, Jakob Pertl as well, OG playing, OG playing at the two. The, all those guys are above above average size for their position. All of them, and Pertl as well, can can handle the rock on the outside. He's he's a great passer for a big man. And the Hawks are going to need to be on on their A game as far as not turning the ball over. The Raptors for many years now have been near the top of the league at causing havoc on the defense, getting these steals and scoring in transition because every single one of their their main scorers can push the ball. Siakam, Barnes, Ananobi, Schroeder, all of these guys can, can get out in transition and create, and create easy buckets. So taking care of the basketball and being able to be, uh, being not being able, uh, not having to switch a lot on defense for me, getting over these screens is going to be my two keys uh, to get the Hawks back in the win column. Yeah, and they're, they're new head coach Darko I think that he he's asking them to do a lot of things that they're not used to doing um I remember that he had Jakob Hurdle uh being like a hub um kind of like a Draymond Green type um and, and that didn't work out very well for them at, at that point uh at the beginning of the season when they were trying that. um th- this Toronto Raptors team is um I mean they're struggling to find their identity somewhat like like the Hawks are um, I think that, you know, with guys like Scotty Barnes, uh, Scotty Barnes is a baller. Like he, he could play basketball. So like the Hawks are definitely going to have to step it up defensively against these guys too. Yeah. Speaking of Barnes and Siakam, Siakam definitely had a rough start for the season, but Ryakovich, uh, to your point, new head coach is trying, he's f- slowly finding the mix between usage to Scotty and usage to Pascal Siakam. So let's see if the Hawks can, can get back into, into the win column and see, and see if, uh, Quint and Quinn Snyder can, can finally get, get these guys going without Jalen Johnson because they haven't been able to find a rhythm or, or kind of cover up that gap ever since he went down. But that'll do it for this episode of, of the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. Make sure to follow this podcast wherever you get your podcast content like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can follow me on X at Penrisha300 and follow Tim at TimHawks23. Be on the lookout to receive the latest Hawks coverage. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. Peace.